0: Welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast, and today we are taking a page, literally taking a page, out of the past, and I'm going to hold up Peter's book, Trauma, Healing the Hidden Epidemic, and this was published in 2013, mm-hmm. and one of, the, um, one of the things that was going on back then that really was one of the uh, things that drove you to put this book together was The Great Recession. There was also the the wars going on in Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. But the hidden epidemic in the title related, at least in part, to the trauma people were experiencing around the recession. And one of the chapters is actually called Crises and Hard Times. And Peter opened this up over the weekend, started reading, and realized how much this still relates to now. Uh, to the pandemic and the crisis we're going to related to that. So that's what we're going to talk about today on Episode 92. And we got a title, The Blessing of Urgency. So I'm going to put on my glasses and say hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host, and joining me, as always, is Dr. Peter Bernstein, or Peter as he likes to be called. Uh, He's a coach and mentor with 50 years of experience helping people in the field of trauma recovery. Our podcast provides practical information and skills for resilience and personal growth during challenging times. And above all, we want to inspire our listeners to find hope, courage, and strength to succeed and move forward in times of adversity. And we could start a little bit, Peter, with um, when we kind of both listened to the podcast that just got posted right. this weekend, <clears throat> and both heard some things that we thought maybe we'd like to change.
1: Right. I think that, just so you, know, I'm, I'm cons- you know, my concern was we pour a lot into an hour's session, uh, episode. But also, this is a heavy subject, and we're in heavy times, and when I listen to it, I'm thinking, man, we do have a lot of experience, and we do help a lot of people, and that's all wonderful and good. But you know, sometimes you can really pack too much into it, yeah. and it can get luggy. And you know, you got to ask yourself, after a while, is this helping people, or is this getting more burdened? And I felt after a while, <laughs> this is a lot to take in. And we need to take a very difficult subject, and as our past um, station manager said, you've got to make it more entertaining. Rob Rob was right. He was right. And I look at it, and I I agreed with him. I thought our format needs to be more concise Mm -hmm. and focused. Um, See, we can connect all of these different episodes because there is continuity we make sure of it every week but you know what you can (laughs) that's a lot of material to try to connect up and my mind just goes begins to remember and uh, associate freely about uh, previous subjects and it can get a little too much and i don't want to do that i don't like it i didn't like the way it sounded. i had a headache at the end of uh, (laughs) listening to it and yet, I thought every bit of it was very precious and valuable material.
0: And that's what we're doing. We, I think, sometimes we pack things in because we want to be providing important things for people, for no. you who are listening. And we think this is good. And Peter comes in. This is good. This is good. We should talk about this. And yes, it is good. But it isn't isn't good if we overwhelm people.
1: Yeah, and we don't want to do that because most people are overwhelmed now. Already. Already. And we don't need to do that. And I, and I also think that, you know, we have written so many papers and we have written so many training manuals and a book. And one of the things that happens is it, it, the, these, these podcasts stimulate us to, to take a look at some of our old writings. i got to tell you, I, I keep discovering things and saying, boy, did we do a lot of good writing and a lot of good work. <clears throat> and it's very confirming and reaffirming for me today. I love it i 'm thinking, you know what we've been in this field a long time, and we have put out a lot of information I um, was mm-hmm. saying I hope we can get out get it out and more and get people to be able to read and take a look at it and offer them some encouragement and hope right. during difficult times and and that to us that's the biggest that's the most important thing to be giving you encouragement and hope and also to give you some some know how about paying attention to um, things that are happening that are affecting you that you could be getting a reading on in yourself so you don't get out of control with your reactions. and, and in a crisis, it's so common for people to get so overwhelmed um, and and so much material from the present is is coming at them that's very unusual, overwhelming.
0: Why don't we start, if that's okay, why don't we start with defining what a crisis is? That was one of the things that you did in your book that I think was was good because it's one of those words that probably most people would say, oh, sure, I know what a crisis is. But it really would help to really make it clear what we're talking about.
1: You think it'd be all right to read this short paragraph? Yeah, I think so. Okay. A crisis is different from daily challenges of living. Crises are life-defining moments... Periods and of st- they're life-defining moments, but they're also periods of stages. And we've talked about, or stages that we've talked about, as opposed to the normal fears and anxieties that come up on any given day. Um, these are unique experiences. A crisis is an event that completely overwhelms us. It's terrifying. We spend every ounce of energy, every thought, every effort to ensure our survival. A crisis could also be called trauma. Most people in crisis mode engage the physiological stress response, and we'll talk about that, Um, that we've talked about in in our book, and we've talked about, you ought to get our book. It's a good book.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah, it really is. I don't usually push it. I should. It's a really good book, and it's got a lot of relevant material. It needs to be updated, and yet I read it and go, boy, does this stuff apply to now. It's definitely worth reading. Yeah, Yeah. it's a a good read. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, we're in a crisis, Right. And it's been going on now for quite a long time. sometimes a lot of times people think of crisis as one finite event that overwhelms you and it begins and then it's over, but it's been overwhelming, it's been traumatic and it, oh no, there's something these tri- crises can go on and on and on. and that's what we're in. Mm-hmm. So it puts everybody on this a different t- tuning in their being. Uh, it's called the autonomic nervous system, okay. That's where our emotions and our uh, in our brain and it, the amygdala in our brain sends these emotions, and we have cortisol, which is the you know the uh, uh, the the hormone that really gets us going and brings us alert and hyper aroused. Well, when you're in a, a crisis, you're supposed to you need that. You do. Um, but usually, it's it's we're designed to, that it should be more short term. Because our, our bodies are not designed to be under constant, constant in, in physiological stimulation and the hyper aroused state.
0: Yeah, our bodies are gathering energy for whatever comes next.
1: Which is, you know, it's appropriate. Yeah. But when it's going on for months and years, mm-hmm. then we've got something else. And that's what's been happening. Yeah. Um, we know that creates damage, we know that that distorts people's realities and their reactions in many different ways. So we, we've been paying attention to this kind of phenomenon for a long time. Um, we, we've we talked about it and we know that, God, you know, crises are terrible. They create such pain and hardship, which is true. And yet, one of the things I realize in the way we wrote and we have written is there is something of value even in a crisis. Um, the name of this episode today it should be called the blessing of urgency and believe it or not we're taking that from a paper that we wrote in 19 and oh, it was 2000 from a blog.
0: yes we did blogs for a while it What was it 2009 2009 yeah. we've
1: written it a long time we have mm-hmm. a book of them we yeah, should make a book of Podcast
0: now but we were doing blogs then. yeah
1: and that is a really great paper and i'll tell you why it talks about crisis it talks about that urgency it talks about how tough it can be and it can bring out the worst in us but it also can bring out the best in us, too. And I think it can be another one of those blessings. Wasn't the last podcast, um, Suffering Can... uh,
0: Can Suffering Be a Gift? A
1: gift. Uh, This is along those lines. Mm -hmm. And I I know in the paper that we wrote, (laughs) anybody can get that paper if you need it and want it. Um, We talk about how it brings out the best. It gives people an opportunity to take a look at their lives, to reevaluate things that they wouldn't have looked at otherwise. Mm -hmm. We've seen people that we've helped at the Institute. That's exactly what happened. It brought out the worst and old reactions. It also has brought out a a time to reevaluate, a time to make some new moves and um, realize they're capable of overcoming a lot of these emotional, pain-driven messages, which is usually pretty negative, Mm -hmm. get people pretty discouraged and, and angry. But there's a way to get beyond it. And that's what I hope we can really convey because this is some heavy subject we're going through. If the 2009 Great Recession wasn't bad enough, and it was. It was bad. This is worse. And this is worldwide. And this time we also have not only the financial crisis, we have the crisis of life, death, and dying, and sickness. So there's so much more to this this time. And it's certainly uh, impacting People all over the world and bringing out, unfortunately, so far, you know, not such good things. Um, you know, I, I, I'm heart sick when I, when I turn on the news and I really can't stay with it that long because what people are doing with that pent-up anger and resentment um, is they're, they're doing such harm and damage right now. And I look at that and that breaks my heart because I know what that's about. And we need to talk about that a little bit, because that's another element um, that we've studied um, called, something called trauma and co-occurring, uh, excuse me, I can't it's remember my that. own.
0: It's, yes, co-occurring, co-occurring trauma. But we're going to talk about that in our next segment. Exactly. So but this bef- is a good leader. <laughs> so before we do that, we have a, a minute to just kind of gather together what we've said in our first segment today so that we make sure that what 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 we people can take away is is the the main points that we want to make.
1: Well, one of the things that we can take away I'd like you to take away from this is we want to take a heavy subject and make it a little lighter and not make our presentations burdensome and long-winded even though it's good material we don't want to overwhelm you cuz we know that you're under a lot of stress now and you're learning to live under some tremendous stress uh, everyone really is always in that hyper-alert state. You can feel it.
0: It's kind of a matter of survival. That's yep. how it feels. and that's
1: what, what we've been talking about. Um, so we know that that's been happening. Now we want to get to the point of showing people how they can actually reap some rewards and blessings from this. It seems ludicrous, but it's not. Because it can be done. In fact, it, it, can be, it is getting done. And there's many people that are coming to this And bringing out the best in them, not the worst. And I I like what I see with the best, because it has to do with caring about others, um, which we haven't talked about yet. But I think that basically defining a crisis and understanding it's a very... It it strikes at the very core of who we are. Mm -hmm. And it's life-changing, it's overwhelming, it's terrifying. It's not our normal anxieties and fears of life. This is much more intense um, and much more out of control. So a crisis is different. Um, the intensity of it, the impact that it has on all of us—it um, strikes at the very core of who we are. And then we have to—we wind up facing ourselves under some very under tremendous duress. So it can bring out either the best in us or the worst, or both. So I think that's really. Do you think that's about it? I think you did well. I good. Think I'm that's just double-checking everybody. I don't want to points. be points.
0: Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes, I think we got them. So good. We, okay. Good. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Today we are looking at uh, some writing. Uh, Peter's book, Trauma, Healing the Hidden Epidemic. We're working out of some materials that we created way back around the time of the Great Recession that have very much uh, to say to people today. And we want to bring this forward to today. Uh, In this segment, we want to talk about how crisis can become kind of enmeshed or uh, bring up uh, a technical term, co-occurring trauma. Uh, the simpler way to put it might be saying previous trauma.
1: Okay. and No, right. What we call it, and we've written a lot on it in our training manuals, in fact, how to deal with it, is called triggering. <clears throat> and what that really means, folks, is that people that have had trauma in their past, um, when this kind of thing happens in the present... It can draw all of that old emotionality and pain right to the surface. And it's usually, if we're talking about old trauma, you're talking about intensity, pain, woundedness, upsets that are pretty darn disturbing. But what it really does is, when you're in the present, you have trauma and crisis. It intensifies a situation that is already intense.
0: There's something similar of what's happening now with what had happened in the past, Mm -hmm. that you may have worked through some of it, you may have resolved some of it, but it's not all the way resolved.
2: No,
1: There's still
0: a charge there for you.
1: Well, you may have, you may have buried it, who knows. But, you know, in my old psychology studies, um, one of the people who uh, developed the work that we did called it co-occurring, um, s- triggering, co-occurring stimulation, which meant something that was similar in the present, mm-hmm. not completely the same, but similar, was enough to bring up the old, it was so similar that it brought up, there's memory in our body, there's memory in our very cells, on our cellular level, mm-hmm. that it triggers that off and it brings that up. Um, it, happens, it happens to people, but folks that have had trauma it really brings it up. And what it also brings up is some very distorted reactions.
0: It's hard then for people to just see what's happening now. They're, they've they got that going on, and at the same time, in a real way, they have the past
1: happening. Uh, it's, it's Well, it was real.
0: It was real. And
1: what they really have, one foot in the past and one foot in the present. Mm-hmm. And what they can't seem to do is sometimes dis- discern or... You know, work out which belongs to the present and which belongs to the past. We have seen more people, we've helped more people, where their intuition has been damaged because of it. and They need to be sharp and on top of it in the current crises, mm-hmm. but they're not.
0: You know, we, it might be, if we could think of an example right now, that mm-hmm. might be a value for the people listening today.
1: I could um, think of so many. Yeah. But I remember in our book we talked about a couple at one point that came to see us years ago. Mm -hmm. a long time ago and um he had been a a marine Mm -hmm. that came, came back from iraq um they came in because they were having so much trouble and they were their home was being foreclosed i think they did lose their home um and they were they were hit financially where they lost their jobs it was pretty intense very intense time and there were so many that we were helping we were affected by it and so many others that came through yeah. um, that had sta- relatively stable lives, and all of a sudden they didn't have jobs, they couldn't make their mortgage payments, and the banks came in with a very cruel hit and would take away their homes. These people had, a co- uh, they had kids. And, and three I, children, I think. I remember when it came, they came in, and it was uh, you'd think being a Marine and being aggressive, he'd be the one that would be on the hyper alert, really mm. ready to go and solve the problem. Aggressively active. And he wasn't. He thought everything was fine, there's no big deal, mm-hmm. everything's going to be okay. Um, he didn't see the, the urgency of very much. No. And um, we found out later that was his way of coping with incredible, horrible situations, horrors. That went. He had a, a tra- traumatic childhood, but he also had been in horrendous situations in Iraq. Mm-hmm. But his way of coping was to bury his head in the sand, and he didn't see it at all. No. And here he has three, ki- two or three kids, two or three I remember. Kids, yeah. And um, he he didn't think it was that bad. But his wife was a whole different. You would have thought she was in the. Lane. She was
0: the aggressive one. And
1: she looked at it and said, "We are in trouble. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us making. We've lost our home. We have three kids. I think they had to move back to." He lived in a little town, someplace uh, that he hadn't been in years. Had a lot of trauma there. Mm-hmm. And had to move back and live with his parents. and think that brought up a lot of memories. Uh, yeah. And she was she was out there. She was building a new business. She was roaring, mm-hmm. and she was going to put things together. And she was on a she was on a very aggressive swing. And she seemed to to be honest with you, she was appropriate. And it turned out that when she also had trauma in her life but in her earlier life. But her reaction to it was the opposite, not to bury her head in the sand, but she was one of those people that went into action. Mm -hmm. Well, she was already in action. She was going to turn this thing around. She already was by the time they came to us. Mm -hmm. Um, The early stages of turning around, where he was just staying at home with the kids, not really wanting to work, not really wanting to go out and deal. Didn't think he really needed to. And I remember the conflict was that both of them had trauma. But... What caused, the, what caused such conflict in the current relation, marriage was he was so passive, and buried his head in the sand, and she was quite active.
0: She was very aggressive, and she was also judgmental and critical of him. And, and that, that anger, that aggressiveness, didn't only go towards something positive, it became a, a real relationship. You're issue right. As well.
1: Yeah, you remember. I do. It's, it's a long time ago, but yes. Yeah, no,
0: the aggressive thing can be good, but if you use it against your partner, as a- and she
1: was she was very aggressive. She was also they're both angry, but his was buried. Mm-hmm. Hers was coming out, yeah. and she was she, she you're was right. She was very critical of him, very hard on him. Yeah. And the more she did it, the more he withdrew. Right. So you're, I, I, you're right. I do remember that. So here's what is that an example of?
0: Right. That's an example in that they had a real problem in the present that got complicated by the problems that, of their past. And
1: that's the co-occurring trauma. That's the triggering that can happen. We feel that to pay attention to that is, is crucially important. We've, we've built training manuals because it happens to professionals. It happens to caregivers because we're under such stress and distress that we all have, have had difficult paths and work and it can bring that out.
0: And I'm surprised, I, I shouldn't be, but I, I get surprised at times that how how little, even myself, how little people can be aware of these things happening to them. They think that the intense thing that they feel right now is only about right now, and don't realize how things accumulate.
1: That is so common, and I know that even on our work we're seeing some couples and uh, some good loving and I mean they're cute good they're people. good people but that there's been trauma and I, I, I think of one couple and uh, one of the lady the woman had had an abandonment issues from her dad he left he was hard and abusive and she's got a lot of remaining anger and pain and fear um, she doesn't trust men she got a very nice husband he's a sweet guy but she believes that he's doing things and she'll accuse her husband of saying things and we're sitting right there and he Nothing. He didn't say that at all. Right. She believes she's right. And
0: this is when she's stressed or upset about things, and she loses her ability to remember and hold on to her, the fact that her husband is a trustworthy man.
1: Right, and we've seen this a lot. This is yeah. a, this, this is happens dat- in some ways to everybody. Yeah. yeah, but what we what we see is that can happen. But depending on the offshoot of how it, the defenses and how the uh, comes out can be, people can go on the attack and be very accusatory, and very very Mm mean-spirited. And nobody's doing anything to them now, but it fits another time in their life. So they're in a situation that is similar, but it's not the same. So we we have seen that a lot. We know it can happen. In a crisis, like we're living now, one of the things that makes me so heart sick is I'm seeing that all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's a sad th- I knew it would happen. We, we've talked about it. we hoped it wouldn't, but that it was going to begin to take a political nature. It's going to take on all kinds of massive issues that um, are going to bring up so much from the past, and they're going to bring it into the present. And there's going to be an angry, violent expressions of, expression of it. We saw it coming. We didn't know what form it would take, but we knew people were frightened. People were uh, being losing their jobs, losing their homes. Um, they were being locked up in home, uh, you know, locked in. We knew there was a lot of oh, pent up to isolate.
0: Isolate. And
1: isolate. The energy was home. going to be building.
0: Yeah, the stress would build, and the, all the regular kind of outlets, you know, the positive outlets were not available. That's
1: right. So we knew eventually, and sure enough, it's coming out. It's coming out tragically all over the country.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it breaks my heart because this is something that if folks would have understood themselves better and understood the impact of the traumatic situation we're in now and understood more about the impact of what they went through in the earlier parts of their life. They could have become more aware
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, more conscious of themselves in a way that they could have taken some responsible, um, responsibility and taken a much more rational and constructive approach. And that's what it does take. It's not easy. Nobody's saying that. It can be, feel like it's an uphill battle. But yet, it's the one that really pays off in the end. But just to vent rage and attack others and mm-hmm. hurt them and kill them and destroy and there, and, there, and politicize, there's no, there should be no room for that. Because that is completely distorted from the reality today. And if, if there is some reality, by the time this intensity is interwoven in it, you can't even tell what the truth is anymore. It's so confusing. In the meantime, people are hurt.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: instead of caring, for their fellow man and showing love and concern and compassion, they're attacking and destroying. Yeah. I think that to me is one can help people through trauma, which is care, learning to care and reach out, and the other is absolutely the darkest. And I think that we're in a very, we're seeing a lot of dark stuff, but I gotta say, I'm also seeing good things too. Mm-hmm. Um, I see people that are reaching out and are caring.
0: Well, let's wait because that's what we're going to mm-hmm. do next time. But before we go to our break, just want to give you a chance to you know, kind of pick the highlights out of what we've been talking about. What what would you like people to take away from this topic of how today's trauma, today's crisis, can get uh, get draw up old times, old trauma, old crisis. Well, you just
1: said it. That's what it we call it triggering co-occurring trauma. That's what it's. That's what we're talking about today, and and um, it's happening a lot. We know it because we see it at the institute. We see it in our nonprofit. We know that that happens. <coughs> I think a lot of people aren't even aware. Yeah. I I don't think they know that it's happening. I think other people don't care anyway.
0: Sometimes they don't care. You know? the, 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 I'll, I'll, uh, if I could add one thing: is that that I try to ask myself what is, is how I feel, is my, is what is going on with me right now, is. Is it really the right response now? Is if I feel upset, sad, or angry, is what's happening right now really that big? you know, is what I'm feeling really about now, or could there possibly be something else happening? Well,
1: you have a lot of training, a lot of discipline. And
0: that's a hard question to answer.
1: It can be, but when you're forced into it as much as we are in our work, and the kind of reality we live in, the extraordinary, either we're going to destroy or hurt people, or we're going to deal with ourselves and come back in a much more nurturing, caring, and genuine way. The only way to do that is to do what you're talking about. Is to pay attention to ourselves, mm-hmm. and, and, and to know our bodies, to know what we're feeling, to know how, what the effect our work is having. We're into, we we're, we're exposed to crises all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know it affects us. But you you're talking about your own discipline and how you've it's learned a, to take responsibility.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, you have an incredible amount of experience and training. I don't see a lot of people having that. No, no. And so they're under... Have the perspective. They're under a crash... Uh, what do they call it? Uh, they're They're under uh, they're a crash... Under a crash a what? Crash course. Crash yeah, it's course. a crash course. But what do you call it? When it, is it all-nighter? You know, you got to yeah. move fast. Yeah, yeah. That's you got to right. move fast, and you got to learn it and cr- crunch cram it in. Yeah. it in, yeah. yeah. They're, we're looking at people in a cram course right now, yeah. and they're not doing so good. It doesn't uh, look so good. No. There are some that are. yes. And there's a lot of encouragement, by the way, to to care about your fellow man.
0: We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that. You've been listening to The Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short Mm -hmm. break. Welcome back to The Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Peter and I are talking about, and I'll hold it up again, we're taking a couple of pages, a chapter, out of Peter's book, Trauma, Healing the Hidden Epidemic. It was uh, published in 2013, and in a good amount, a good good part, it is a response to the trauma of the Great Recession uh, that was happening just Mm -hmm. before that time. However, it applies very much to what's happening today. And we've been talking about what is a crisis, uh, how do present-day crises get mixed up uh, with past experiences of crisis. This segment, we're going to talk about how going through a crisis exposes our humanity. We've talked about this quite a few times in our podcast recently. Mm -hmm. Today, what we're going to look at is what can be exposed in us in a crisis what it can bring out of us could be either bad or good
1: right i'm just looking at that we did write about this because i'm looking at what we wrote i'm thinking she's talking about what we wrote.
2: yeah yeah. it's a
1: feeling unarmed in a crisis yeah and i think that that's one of the things it brings out both the good and bad of our human natures Mm -hmm. Uh, there's no question about it if you're talking about the bad well that's usually either Acted out and we're seeing so much of that now which is people being very aggressive and destructive it's there's another way that it can be also acting in where people get very despairing and discouraged, and and uh, get very down on themselves, on themselves too and helpless. Uh, yeah and that, neither one of those is very good or constructive can it happen if we're human it can happen
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, like i was telling jenny earlier she's very disciplined she's trained she's been exposed to Crisis work for many years, so for her, she knows she's got to do that in order to be resilient, and so do I. But we still go through a lot. It's just a life commitment that we've made, and we know it produces a lot of good results. Well, you know, one of the things about talking about our basic humanity and what it exposes, well, a lot of times it strips away all of our normal functioning in a crisis.
2: Right.
1: And. the normal realities of life that we live, that we're very very stable Mm -hmm. and very familiar with, and all that's stripped away very quickly.
0: If I could, what the book says? Yeah. What you said in the book is that under a crisis, what is socially acceptable, kind of how you live your life, uh, under that kind of a stress, can give way to more basic or primitive instincts. If you feel powerless, desperate, or out of control... If you feel like your survival is threatened in some way, you're going to be maybe taken down to those baser, more primitive instincts, and some of those are not so good.
1: Well, it's both. I mean, you yeah. know, if you're talking about true survival, if you're talking about being on hyper alert because there really is incredible immediate danger, absolutely, you better be. But if it's prolonged, or if it's stimulated every repension before old material that creates distortions and intensities, um, then you're in trouble. Um, then, if you're talking about the more basic instincts, we're going to go to real survival, like thinking that at any minute we're, our very being is threatened.
2: Yeah.
1: And there's no more rationality. There's no, no more balance. One,
0: per- Everyone's for themselves. Kind and of. Yes. Yeah.
1: And that's where trouble goes, where it really takes over. Um, I think that we're... But there, there, that's the worst side of it, and we're seeing plenty of that. But, you know, I've seen... It, also be an opportunity for people to straighten things out that they've always struggled with too Mm -hmm. and i see it i see it more that way i see it as um yes it's rough no question about it but man it really makes you look at things you normally would not It forces you to look at things about yourself and your life that you normally would not have taken into consideration. No,
0: they're not all comfortable to
1: look at. Not comfortable, but can be very meaningful and healing. Yes. And I know that sounds a little bit... uh, (laughs) I hate to say it. I don't want to say it's like pie in the sky, really lightweight stuff. But you know what? It is true. I mean, you can begin to see things in a new way about yourself and your life, things that have been buried deeply that you haven't dealt with, this is a chance where it's going to bring it to the surface. And you can either be destructive and strike out, where many people are doing today. You can turn against yourself, bury your head in the sand, think you're a failure and discourage. you don't want to deal with anything. That's also very destructive. Or you can begin to look at things in a new way, reasonably you begin to realize that many of the negative emotions you have about others or yourself are your emotional is your emotional pain speaking and that's most of the time not, that's not intuition friends and that's usually going to get you in trouble or other people in trouble so that's not to, that's not where to go but if you can begin to begin to find your bring yourself into the present and begin to use some responsible rational thinking on how to deal with things in the present that is going to go a long way and if you've never been able to do it before this is a chance for you to to re-establish some of your survival uh, uh, mechanisms in a brand new way and a better way and we've seen that already we've seen people that are turning their lives around we've seen people who were absolutely petrified and frozen with into paralysis i mean they were so scared their whole identity was on the line and little by little, they're beginning to take those first steps out, and beginning to see things in a new way, a more benevolent way, a more caring way, not so self-centered, um, not so fearful. So we know good things can come out of it. I, I remember we wrote at the time we wrote that book. We're talking about the Katrina. Um,
0: yes, that was around that time too. All right in New and, Orleans, and the different ways that the community responded at that time.
1: All right. And, you know, that was a, That was really, it was all very exposed. And it used to amaze me because I'd watched it on TV, I'd watched the news, and I'd see the in, the entire infrastructure of the whole city Just was gone.
0: devastation. Absolutely. Police were,
1: it was violent. I mean, it was out of control.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was a horror show. That was the first part of it. People were stealing from each other, killing. It was right out front, mm-hmm. and nobody was stopping it. And yet, there was another thing that was beginning to take place, and that was people were beginning to care about others in distress. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the stories of people having their homes were they were sitting on top of the roof because their homes were completely gone. Yeah. And they were they had some kind of little dinghy or boat, and they saw other people suffering.
0: All the people that had boats, or people with boats, were actually going out and seeing it's, what they could do.
1: Yes. Yes. Both ways, and there was so much caring
2: mm-hmm.
1: and. Uh, Giving, And I remember if there were any kind of racial or socioeconomic bar- barriers, boy they were gone. Yeah. And people just cared for each other and tried to help each other a lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was really impressed with that. And that was right alongside with all this incredible anarchy and violence. Both
0: happening at the same they time. They were happening
1: at the same time. So you saw the best part of human nature and the worst evil part going on at the same time. I think the the uh, was was it Katrina was a hurricane.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: I think that was so clear that that was what was happening at that time. Interestingly, we're seeing different forms of that taking place now.
0: The one parallel is that Katrina happened to everyone in New Orleans, and the pandemic is happening to everyone, actually all over the world. But no one has escaped. No one escapes it if they're wealthy or if they're old or young or anything like that. Everyone is, is at risk. That's
1: right. But I, I think that the 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 dichotomy between evil and good there was so crystal clear. It was. Yeah. I think it's happening here, and it's not. People aren't seeing the is' seeing it clearly, because they're painting it with political. They're painting it with racial. They're painting it in every other way, and yet they're not seeing that there's a lot of dark, evil things going on.
0: The connection.
1: But you know what? There's also, I see a lot of caring going on too, and a lot Mm -hmm. of goodness. And to me, that's what we want to encourage people to do. One of the ways to move through a crisis is to reach out to your fellow man and begin to care about others, not just about yourself. In fact, the most precious caring that I see comes from people that have their own suffering and
2: pain.
0: And I have an example of that. It's the restaurant owners who have been making meals for the hospitals and for the first responders. Their business was gone, but their skill hadn't. And so I just, I read, I read, still read about it the restaurant owners who are making meals for uh, the people who are on the front lines helping the people who are sick. Mm-hmm. They could be feeling sorry for themselves and they aren't.
1: And they can't, they can't, they should be. Yeah. yeah and I see them suffering they're losing their businesses you know and their employees don't have work and and yet they're able to do that
2: mm-hmm.
1: mm. you know to me that speaks loads about human nature the good part yeah. and it can be very healing for people that are carrying some pretty deep wounds right now I think that's one of the ways to heal our wounds not just from the past but currently and that is to help others and to reach out and care for others and not just ourselves and doing it while we're Carrying our own woundedness makes it a much more precious kind of giving yeah. and caring. And it's the kind that's life-sustaining. It's also things that people remember, the impression that it makes. It's just life-changing for others watching it and mm-hmm. being part of it mm-hmm. or being recipients. So we're today wanting to talk about the good things that can happen. And even though you're in the midst of some emotional and painful hardships, just keep in mind... There's going to be some good that can come out of this, too.
0: And if you do slip, and we all do, and do something uh, out of your stress that is is not so positive, don't give up. Don't Mm -hmm. think that makes you just condemned to being a bad person or that you can't turn it around. You can turn it around. We all slip. And it's just a matter of getting back on track and remembering what to focus on.
1: That's, that's definitely right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We all have things like that happen. Yeah. There's yeah. one
1: other thing to remember, and that is if your emotions are running high, and they do for everybody, you've got to take care of those emotions. You've got to find a way. We do it at the Institute. We we have work that we use to, to help people, especially with the with things that the body is holding. We feel it's really important. You've got to find some way to get rid of that pent-up emotion. There's also an energy that builds up being in a hyper-alert state. Ben, mm-hmm. you can't sustain that. That is going to affect everything you do. So when you are able to discharge the emotion in a constructive, helpful way, um, you're also discharging a lot of pent-up energy that went, that goes with a lot of the traumas in the present and the past. Then you can come back with a clear head. Right. More reasonable, more choices. responsible, and more capable again. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there? We have a, a minute before the break. Is there anything more you'd like to say to, no. more. to summarize? What are you what,
1: what's thinking? I, I,
0: mean, thought we, I thought we did pretty good. Pretty good? Yep. yep.
1: I hope we're giving a more positive message to, to that. Yeah. I hope that what we're doing isn't just burdensome. As good as it can be, we certainly don't want it to be so burdensome that it's you want to check out? It's just too heavy. The subject's heavy enough. We yeah. don't want to be. So um, I, you know, I one of the hard things about doing this is that we don't hear. We don't. We have, don't
0: know how what we're saying is no, being received. No, and we
1: love to have some interaction. We're used to that, and this yeah. is not one of those things. No, we, it isn't. We would love it yeah. to hear from other people and hear what they have to say. Actually, we do. I read some of the emails. They come from places like Moscow and and Africa and. Uh, New Zealand and all over the world they're very interesting and they seem to really make a difference to people we're going to have I want to say this we're going to begin to have more and more guests we will we, and we're working on it right now people that are making a difference um, in, in the calling upon their life and what they do we know a lot of people like that so we're we have a lot that. of Um, a whole lot of arsenal of very good people. And we're now, we've already started some of the interviews. Um, All we have to do is edit them, and we're going to begin to share some of those on these podcasts too. Then you don't have to listen to me so much.
0: (laughs) Well, one of the things we started doing that we're going to continue to do is uh, having the last segment be some questions. And so we'll return for that. Uh, You've been listening to The Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma, 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson, and we're in our last segment of today's podcast where we're talking about what is a crisis, what are crises, how do they get mixed up with things from the past, how uh, do we end up responding both positive and negatively, and uh, our segment now is questions, and I'm going to make it just a little bit different today, Uh, also from the book. Uh, Peter had some points, very practical suggestions and points for responding positively in a crisis. And so, I'm—they're kind of like leading questions. Yeah, I'm just reading okay? some on this. So we must
1: have written it more than one place because I'm reading them. They're right there. I was going to read them right now. So I'm going
0: to—the the first one is sort of a question and sort of a leading statement, and that is the first thing you said in your book. And so I want to hear kind of tell me what you meant I'm by this. I just remembered
1: my book. It's a long time ago. Go ahead. Yeah. Well I I, I read ahead. it and I've got I'm it kidding. right here in front of me. I'm kidding, I've read it. So one
0: of us has got it.
1: Okay. Yeah, so no. you
0: said focus on the beneficial abilities and strengths you do have.
1: That's just what I'm reading. Right. That's right. So No, no, it's good stuff. Like so so money.
0: so give your don't read it to us. <laughs> tell us what is it? What do you, how do we do that?
1: Well, I think it's very important to focus on what you are good at and what you are capable of doing Um, and realizing that you have personal resources within yourself that you can draw upon that you may lose touch with temporarily. The negative messages about yourself is your pain, talking. And we usually say, don't pay attention to those messages because that's not normal intuition. And um, instead, realize that that's what it is um, if you have to have a good cry or get angry, not at anybody, but get that stuff out. But remember, you have a lot of positive resources, and think about what you can do um, to change the situation and 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 create and that you can create beneficial. Um, uh, um, um, what is the word I was going to say? Effective. No, effective, beneficial. Um, you have the resources, but you can create positive impact on what you 're capable of doing on your own life and other people 's lives. Right. Focus on that because that 's truthfully where your resilience is going to go into effect and it's, and can be you wouldn 't believe how resourceful people become under some incredible distressing situations and I you know, it's part of something that I really seek out and learn about and people I know and people I've interviewed and talked about and see how they've overcome such impossibilities that most of us would just cringe at. And they're able to overcome and really do some good. That turns me on. Um, that's the way I live. I do it. Um, <laughs> Cody Lee does it. You know Cody Lee Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: The kid that sang,
1: He was an autistic kid that sang on the... And he won the... Um, what's it called uh, uh,
0: American yeah. Idol no America's Got Talent yeah one of those
1: and he's one of the biggest stars all over the world now. Yeah. and he, and he is autistic he is blind and he's incredibly gifted and then gifted. he
0: gets up there and amazing things happen yes yeah. and his mom is an yeah. in incredible support
1: Yeah. Uh, there's so many different situations that I can talk about like that yeah. um, that's what inspires me and that's what can inspire you and you can be an inspiration to others
0: I agree, mm-hmm. and I will just acknowledge too that sometimes when we're overwhelmed and in a crisis, when I'm overwhelmed in a crisis, I can lose touch with the fact that I do have some strengths, I do have some abilities, and um, it's it's that to hang on to that, to not lose track of that, uh, to stay. Stay with what I know I can do, and to not lose that,
1: and to turn those negative statements into more positive self-acknowledgments. You got to do that. Yeah. You got to be a very have a disciplined, conscious way of doing that when you feel that negativity coming on, to shift out of it because mm-hmm. it really robs the energy that you need anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but that's very important, and it takes some. Yeah, it takes discipline, but it's worth it. it
0: Takes a little, a little mental exercise. boy yeah, right. it
1: work, and it's very useful.
0: Right. Point number two, sort of semi-leading question, and this is one of the classics for you, and because it's so important, is it's important in a crisis to respond positively. You need to take one day, or one hour, or possibly even one minute at a time.
1: Yeah. Are you sure that's what the book? I see it in some of our training manuals. It's all over the place because it's so true. Yeah, it is. It is. And you know. One of the things that we've learned about helping people in crisis, and including ourselves at times for sure, is that we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. And yet, it's so easy, just with our anxiety and our fearfulness, um, to get start getting scared and worried and anticipating all, all the what ifs, all the negative what ifs. Yes. And once that happens, it's a good way to really scare yourself and create some real panic and anxiety. Um, It doesn't help anything. It's not normal planning at all. Um, What we're really talking about is the logistics of just getting through. We're not talking about the big philosophical picture now. It's, well, how do you get through a crisis on a daily, momentary, hourly basis? And that is just how you do it. Don't get ahead of yourself. If you find yourself, I know if I find myself doing that, I bring myself back and go, "Uh uh-uh. You don't know what the future holds. You don't know what tomorrow will hold. Stick it, stay in the present and just take it one step at a time and just deal with things. One, it can be one minute. It can be one hour. I know at times that people will say, how you doing how today? And I'll go, well, I can tell you how I'm doing this hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, that's a good way to prevent anxiety buildup and fearfulness. Um, to stay in the, bring yourself back. Stay. Focused one moment, one hour, one just don't get ahead, and you'll see that you will begin to progress through the crises and the effects and the impacts
2: of the crisis.
0: The other thing, too, is that you won't miss something important or less likely to miss something important if you're not kind of all over the place wondering what's coming next. If you're really in the present and you're really seeing what's happening, you have a better chance. Of, of not missing an important thing that you should pay attention to or do.
1: One of the things that we, I just so I underlined this. Oh, oh, underlines are important. Yeah, and this one is, and this is, we're big on this, is that you don't want to be in denial about the possibilities that could happen. We're talking about people who obsess about the yes. negative possibilities.
0: Yes. Go down the rabbit hole.
1: And that you, what you're talking about is losing sight of things. Mm-hmm. When you start obsessing, you begin to lose sight. Um, of what is going on and also the possibilities that could be that you could get out of this that would be good mm-hmm. so we're not talking, we're just talking about certainly paying attention to the realities and the possibilities don't bury right. your head in the sand, don't That's run right. away yep. we're big on that, not to run away no. but don't get so caught up in it that you're losing sight of the good possibilities and the, the hope and, and anything good that can happen in your life under these circumstances believe me There's good that can come out of everything. It's just a matter of time and having some hope.
0: There's always choices. There's always alternatives. Maybe at times none of them are great, but you're always there. And if you can focus and just be right where you are, you have a better chance of picking the right one. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, All right. right. Last one. Okay. So, and this will sound a little bit like one before, but it's different, to me it's different anyway,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and that is you're saying don't focus on what you can't do, mm-hmm. right, so there's a to me there's a little different twist to that than mm-hmm. what we've been talking about, uh, and that is, how would you describe that, because you made a different point at that in the book, is there something behind that that adds to what we've been talking about? Or should I just kind of keep talking?
1: No, I'm thinking about it. You know why I'm thinking about it? Because uh-huh. you're you're talking, and all of a sudden I'm reading this thing. That it's a little different. <laughs> I am telling you, folks, we have written about this stuff in so many papers, in newspapers, in professional journals, in the book. And she's talking about it, and I'm getting out of another resource, and it's being said in a different way. But it's that's just, the point.
0: Everybody listening probably needs to hear these things in different ways so mm-hmm. that they can pick it up. Yeah. So, so we're going to kind of come at it from different ways,
1: I hope. Well, I'll tell you what I'm reading. It's one sentence. It okay. says, Acknowledge that it's difficult to. Re- it may be difficult to recognize your strength and potential when faced with a crisis. And at those times you may feel powerless and inadequate. I've had that feeling many, many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may feel like, my God, what I do is just considering the, the overwhelming impact of the crises and the distress that I'm seeing. What I do just doesn't seem to matter very much. That's negative thinking. So what we've talked about, and this is what you're talking about, is not to focus on what you can't do. Mm-hmm. Focus on what you're able to do and the impact you're able to make, the contribution you're able to make. Focus on that when you find your thinking going in the other and when you're facing real distress, it's easy. So easy. For that pain and that feeling of helplessness and in the face of this, yeah, to go. Don't let it take over. Mm-hmm. That's it's your emotional kind of a pain. discipline. No. You've got to bring yourself back to, what am I capable of doing right now? Right. Under the circumstances, it may be very low expectations because crises are serious situations. But even in that, you can do, You can make somewhat of a difference. Mm-hmm. Now, am I saying you can make one of these gargantuan, great differences? No, not always. Just focus on positive, incremental steps that will make some difference. I think of people that we've helped that are sick and that are dying and whatever, and we care about them. And, you know, I look at it and I go, I know I'm not God. I can't turn this around. I wish I could. But what can I do? Because part of me does feel like I, I feel so helpless I can't do anything, but there is you can comfort the person, you can give them you can do certain things to make them more comfortable and physically and nurture them and make them feel more secure and loved and um, cared about. Mm-hmm. Now, in the big picture, we can't save them, um, we can't turn it around, but we can make a positive difference.
2: Right. That's
1: the kind of thing we're talking about. The expectations are more realistic and rational and positive, loving and caring and giving. Mm -hmm. And little by little, we begin to make progress in our own healing and our own, finding our own pathway through the crisis and the difficulty. There always is hope.
0: So I'm going to check with Steve because you put a finger at me. Are we? Do we have time before we close for well, a summary?
2: Was, that was the one minute for the last question. Now you have two minutes to close. To close. All
0: right. So, so you want a want a little bit of that to say anything more before I get to mine? Well, final I want to say that, that I hope what thing. we're saying
1: today is a whole lot more positive than last week. Yeah. Last yeah. week was good. I liked it, but I've got to say it's it's too much material and it's too heavy. We don't want to do that to you. We're trying to get you to see things in a more constructive way. Hey, you know, we have our moments, too. And I think after our last week, we even talked about it. We had had a, a rough week. very
2: we- rough weekend. Rough weekend,
1: too, of yeah. taking care of, of difficult situations. We don't get a break on the weekends. Not really. A little bit, but not much. So that one came ac- I felt it came across. In it the- came
0: across kind of heavy. We yeah. met well, and it didn't quite come off the way yeah. we
1: hoped. And that's what can happen, too. Right. So we want to make sure you get the picture that we're human too, and yet we come out of it. We come through it. And you, here we are today talking to you and showing you the other side of things, that you can get through things, and you can make a positive impact and a difference. Okay. I can tell you, hang in there. This crisis that we're looking at isn't over, and we don't know when it's going to be, but I see a lot of possibilities, positive possibilities. I really do, and right. I see them happening already. Happening right now that wouldn't have happened
0: if we didn't have this
1: crisis. We're signing off.
0: I have to sign off. Oh my God! Okay, signing off. We're gonna sign. Okay, (laughs) the Survivor's Guide to Life is made possible through a grant from Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 public charity that relies on donations. And we hope that what we brought you is of value, and you'll consider donating at sctraumatreatment.org. Uh, we are at the Survivor's Guide to Please follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. We are on YouTube. I have a whole channel of the video of our podcast. We're also on all the regular podcast outlets. Uh, Dr. Bernstein and I can be reached, Peter and I can be reached at 707 781 3335. We've got the book. If you want it, Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. It's also on Amazon. You just click and it'll send it to you. And we hope that what we've done today is of value. And we will see you next
1: time. Hang in there.
0: Yep.